right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I'm one of your hosts, Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, and all-around good guy. I'm here with my partner, Dave. Hey, how you doing? I'm Dave Coker um, with Dave Mark Inc., proprietor, promoter, um, all-around gooder guy, and gooder you know, guy. I just like to hang out with this guy because he makes me look good. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a hard job, but somebody got to do it. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So, how's everybody doing? Uh, hope everybody's had a great week so far. How yeah. about you, sir? Uh, I mean, no complaints. As we say every weekend roundup. Thank God it's Friday. Looking forward to this uh, short two day weekend, and then you know, back to the grind. What about you? You got anything planned for this weekend? Uh, no, just kind of chilling and playing everything by ear. You know, um, I know there, it was a big St. Patrick's Day weekend for people, uh, you know, the St. Patrick's Day party people, you know, and, uh, you know, so I'm pretty sure everybody's out there going to be out there doing their thing tonight and tomorrow. So I'm sure they started last night, Thursday night. So, um, so I guess, um, you know, just be on the lookout, guys, and please be safe out there. Whatever you're doing, please be safe. I know the weather's been nice. You know, we can see spring is, like, right there. You know, matter of fact, uh, is it this weekend, the first day of spring, or is it next uh, weekend? 21st, so whenever. 21st, okay. Yeah. yeah, next week. That's next week then. Yeah, so the first day of spring is on its way, guys, so. Yay! That's all I got to say. You know, <laughs> really? But that just okay. means back in the low. That just means uh, yard work, though. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's all I got to say. So, yep. but uh, but what we're going to talk about today, guy? Mm-hmm. What, what you got on your mind? Yeah. So, um, so today, and this was something that we had kind of talked about a little bit last week. And it's funny because we didn't even talk about it as an idea for the show. But when you said it, I'm like, man. So um, for those who are listening to um, last week's Weekend Roundup, uh, I, I think, Dave, you went into a story talking about your, your car dealer salesman experience. And I was like, man, like, that's probably a great topic because, you know, you, you made it sound like a, a horrible job. And it made me think about some horrible jobs I had. So for everyone listening today, what we're going to be talking about are are three worst jobs that we've ever had. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it because, you know, more than likely every job you have has not been that that job that glitters at all. So um, with that said, you know, we're going to go into uh, our three worst jobs. And, and Dave, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. And you, you can go in any particular order. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with the... I always like to go from the the bottom to the top, you know, so okay. I'm going to start with so the, the, the least to the worst for me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, my senior year, um, the very first job I ever, I could say, was really my first 
really big job. I had done some small things prior to that, but my first really big job was um, I was in this program that they helped to employ um, high school seniors. And I worked at the state hospital for, for people that, you know, know anything about the state hospital. It used to be called Farnhurst all the time, and it's a hospital, you know, that, you know, people that have, uh, you know, emotional, mental issues and so forth go to in Newcastle, Delaware. And I used to work there as a dietary aide. Uh, I would get out of school around 12 o'clock every day and had to be to work at two. And I would go to go to work and help with getting the food prepared for the different wards that were on the hospital state ground. And then we would put these food carts on a truck and then take the food around, these carts around to all the different wards on the campus there. And it was a hard job. We had to clean the truck sometime and keep around, keep in mind, this was, you know, you, you know, during the winter time and so forth. It, look, the trucks would be all iced up, so much spraying water in them and stuff spilling in them. You go in the truck and slip all over the place. It was crazy. And then we had to deliver the food to this place. And now keep in mind, the state hospital was an eerie, it's an eerie, it's really big. It's like a college camp, campus back there. And it's really eerie there at night. You know, so you're riding around in this truck and you go on these different wards. And they had this one particular ward that was for the criminally insane. I was going to say, sounds sound scary. Yeah, it was scary, man. We would walk up to the door with the food carts and these food carts would hold like plates that were, you know, like it might be, let's say it's 30 inmates. Yeah, I call them inmates, but, you know, <laughs> um, residents, I'll say, that, um, that live there in the one for the criminally insane. Well, these, you know, it might be like three or four food um, um, carts that we had to take in that would have all their meals. Man, we walk up to that place. They start hollering out the window. You come in here, we're going to kill you. And don't let man. us get close to you. And I mean, it would be scary, man. And now keep in mind, you know, now I'm a football, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an athlete, you know, I'm, you know, I'm playing ball all the time and all that kind of stuff. And I'm scared to go in this place, you know, uh -huh. but, and it would be me and two other high school guys. <laughs> it was me and two other high school guys, you know, um, we all, we all, you know, we all would be scared to go in there. And the guy who drove the truck or whatever, he just laughed at us because he said, y'all punks, man, y'all punks. And he said, they can't get you. They can't get you. And this place would have bars on the window and everything. But we would go inside and some of the guys that were, you know, considered in good, you know, that had, you know, good uh, behavior or whatever, walking around in there. Huh? I said some, some people who had, who had their sanity. Yeah, they would be walking around in there. And then I never get this one guy used to always greet us and whatever. And he'd act real nice and whatever. And he would help with, you know, taking the food, you know, um, carts and putting them in place where they need to be. Then one day the truck driver said, uh, he introduced us. His name was, I never get this guy's name. His name was John Tarbutt. I never, I, I never forget his name. And at the time 
he was in there for killing his whole family. And he, the, the truck driver didn't tell us that <laughs> until Anthony introduced us to him. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, he, and you think I this guy walking around without, you know, no, you know, oh, well, he, he's been here for 20 years. So he, you know, I was like 20 years. And he would uh, smile at us and so forth. And he always wanted to talk to us. And I was like, I ain't got no rap for that. Dude. <laughs> 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 you know, but it was the group of people I worked with was a cool group of people. But we just had, a, you know, it was just a lot. <laughs> it really right. was. And I worked there. I worked there from, I think I, I probably worked there. I, start, I got that job probably sometime towards like November. And I worked there till the end of the school year. And I was out. <laughs> so, 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 but that was, that was my number three worst job of all time. Gotcha. So, um, so I also go with my number three worst job of all time. And, um, my job probably don't really compare to yours, but uh, my first year after college, when I came back home, I got a job at ShopRite um, off of uh, Concord Pike. And, you know, so I went into ShopRite. They only had one position available, and it was for carts, pushing carts. So, you know, all I remember, so I went in the, the manager supervisor's office, I was excited. My first job, I had no experience, filled out that application, pretty much just had my, you know, my name, address and school on it. And she was like, you're hired. And I was like, oh, you know, like I was so excited. You know, I'm like, what's the pay? The pay was four dollars and 15 cents. Right. I I remember that verbatim. So, you know, starting out on the carts, I didn't realize how, um, strenuous a job doing carts was so um that that shop right for people who are not in delaware is you know it's a pretty major supermarket um they had a big lot they had a lot of carts and my shift every day was 4 p.m till midnight so you know i kind of started um because this was summer delaware so i started you know four o'clock is probably 80 90 degrees out and then it went till midnight and dave for the first month every day i came home i was catching charlie horses at night because you know y'all like you use a lot of calf muscle you're bent over you're pushing and i mean um i'm not no quitter but i probably should have quit that job but i mean that was just you know physically the most demanding job and you know it's hard to go to a job Okay, so you're there one day, you know, you're pushing a lot of carts all night long, your legs are are tired, feet are hurting, your calves are sore. And then with all those, um, you know, feeling all those body aches, you got to go back the next day. And it's like to do the same thing over and over and over again. So, I mean, I will say that was um, one of my worst jobs. And what made it so bad, so like, let's say when the evening came, um, and there weren't a lot of carts to push because, of course, you know, the, the crowd kind of slows down. They would have me come inside and bag groceries. And, I, you know, I, I was all for that. You know, put me at the register. I'm going to be talking to the cashier, bagging groceries. And th- this is the thing that got me. This is the thing that almost made me quit. 
when, of course, they, they were always short staffed on the position they called Porter, which was the person who like swept up and cleaned the bathroom and all that. And they one day I was bagging groceries because it was a slow day. And they called me to come um, clean, clean the bathrooms. And I was like, I just can't do that. Um, I didn't get fired. I think I got reprimanded for that. Because, you know, of course, in their job, they have like, um, and anything else assigned. And I was like, you know, I ain't signed up to clean the bathroom. Nothing wrong with people who do clean bathrooms. But, I, you know, I'm fresh out of college. You know, I, I was not prepared. So, I mean, that's probably one of the third worst jobs I had just really because of just how physically strenuous that job was. Like, I, I can say after that summer, like my legs had all the muscle definition in them. Well, let me ask. Now, what year was that? So this was the summer of 95. I'm trying to think if you were there. I had two kids that worked there at that time, I think. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, my daughter, my stepdaughter, Wendy, and then uh, my son, Dana, both worked there at that store. They were cashiers. Oh, okay. Now, Dana sounds familiar. What? Um, yeah, yeah. There was a guy named Dana that worked there. Oh, is Dana a guy or a girl? Now, Dana's a guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but I'm not sure. There, they, both of them worked there for a couple of years. Um, and uh, were you there when the guy, the cart guy, the, there was a, a guy that was a, a white guy. He, he was kind of um, disabled. Um, he worked there for a long time. Uh, you you uh, know, uh, it's ringing a little you know bit. You know what I'm talking about? I, I feel like I do. I feel like I do. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, I may have been was, there. Yeah. If he, if you were there when he was there, my kids were there at that time too. Okay. So. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Small but world. I just remember him. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Cause I just, we used to shop at that particular um, shop right all the time too. So. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, I get it. But my kids didn't have to do any of that, by the way. They, <laughs> they were cashiers. <laughs> yeah. So, so. They, yeah, they had so, it good. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number two, and it's funny because I had to debate this with myself because I was going to put something else in there, but I think I'm going to go with this. And I'm going to I'm going to throw a little caveat in here as well. My number three and my number two job had nothing to do with the people I worked with because they were all cool, okay? So I want to put that out there, <laughs> okay? Just in case any one of them hears this podcast, um, it had nothing to do with the people. It was just the job itself, okay? Um, I work for this company called Security Watch, which is a security company. Um, they were real cool because they were way before their time. They... Uh, the 
type of security systems they had and, um, the, uh, uh, and they did a lot of the security that kind of stuff, you know, uh, for, you know, so they, this particular security system was in the thing of being out in the yard and you started talking, they would be able to hear you and security would come or police would come, whatever. It was really unique. So I got hired. I remember at answering this ad for a manager with this company and they bring you in. They, uh, so, so, you know, show you the program and say, okay, well, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be managing a couple people, whatever the case may be. But first, you got to learn how to sell the product and all of this kind of stuff. So learn how to sell these security systems. And they really sold themselves. The system was really, really good. I, I'm not going to lie about that it was. But. It was the first side, but you had to make appointments and meet with people. And when I started this job, it was during the summer. And it was one of the hottest summers <laughs> that we had at that time. Man. And tell me why my car went down a couple weeks after I started this job. So you still had to go to these appointments and you had to get there whatever way you could. You know, so a couple of appointments I went to on the bus, <laughs> you know, wow. it was crazy. So I got my car fixed, you know what I mean? And right. I just remember how hot it was going into people's homes, going through the whole, um, uh, in the car in industry, they have something called the hood and trunk, which is your sales pitch about the car. Um, going and we used to say that about you know selling other things so i would go through the whole pitch on the hood and trunk pitch on how this thing worked and why it was effective and why you should get it and a lot of times you know we would sell this unit i mean it was really easy to sell and we would make anywhere depending on if we sold one or two of these things or whatever the case may be you can make anywhere from 50 to 100 dollars on each one you sold Okay. I just remember just going to these appointments and sometimes you spend like two hours with these people and they, you know, they be half listening or, you know, or you just trying to get you through and they make you think they're going to buy it. And then it's a, ah, I'm not interested, you know, yeah, and you didn't right. spend two hours, you know what I'm saying? Spending all this time talking to them. And then they say, no. So, I just remember I would, this one particular week, I had booked a bunch of appointments. The whole key was to do at least three appointments a day because that would increase your chances of being able to sell at least one unit that day. So I remember this one particular week, I had booked like 20-something appointments. I was, I was killing them that week. Man, I was all out, you know, doing all this stuff. And I remember I had to go pick on a, on a Saturday. I remember... I just did an appointment on a Saturday. I had to go pick up my son, Dana, from ShopRite. <laughs> he was working that day. I had to go <laughs> pick him up. And I just remember going to ShopRite, and I just remember having this pain in my stomach. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. So by the time I get up there to pick him up, and he was 16 around this time, um, I said, son, I don't know what's going on, but I, you're going to have to drive. 
and I'm not because I'm not feeling well. So he had his license at the time. So I, I had him drive. We're coming down the road, and we get over there by um, where um, Red Lobster and everything is um, on Tool Two. Yeah, that um, and, uh, that that place. You know what I'm talking about, right? Up on Tool Two. Are you talking about next to Red Lobster or Red Lobster? No, well that that whole complex yeah. there, where yeah, Red like the, the, the different restaurants. <laughs> So I, I tell my son, yeah, with the different restaurants, I tell my son, I'm, I'm starting to feel real bad, man. And I said, look, pull into over there by Red Lobster. I said, I feel like I'm about to get sick. And so he pulls over there and man, I get out the car and just start throwing up. Like I had been drinking or something. I don't know what was going on. And I told him, I said, look, go inside and see if you can get some water from someplace. I need some water or something, right? So he goes inside and he finds some water. And I said, take me to the hospital because I don't know what's going on. I just feel bad. He takes me to the hospital. Turns out they check me out and I have a urinary tract. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I had um, not a urinary tract. Uh, I had um, kidney stone. That's what okay. it was, kidney stone. And I'm like, what? And then guess what it came from? Dehydration. Being out in the heat the way I was, I was not drinking enough fluids to keep me hydrated. Gotcha. And I was losing more. I was losing more than everything. Man, they told me that, man. And I was like, oh, I'm quitting this job. So hold on. So, and, so instead of drinking more water, you quit. I quit the job, man. Okay. I was like, I was like, I was Late like, first. you know, and I was, I was making, I was making okay money. I, it wasn't nothing to, you know, ride, ride home about. We had one dude though that was making a killing. I don't know what he was doing that he was made, but this dude was making, he was making money. This dude was averaging each month anywhere from five to five to seven thousand dollars in sales every month. I don't Dang. know what he was doing. Right, but he was making he was making some money. He was the top earner in that company, and they had like six or seven locations. He was the top earner. So, but I just said to myself, "Look, I don't mind working here or whatever." But I said I can't be going through what I just went through. And I remember just coming in and said, "Art, you know, I'm resigning. I can't do this no more." You know. And I walked away from it. And I, you know, it was, I, I just remember being so, and, and especially when I got to the doctor, when I got to the hospital and they told me all I had to do, cause they wanted me to pass this thing. Yeah. This kidney stone and, and all this. I said, Oh no. And they just told me, they said, nah, you don't, you know, you got to drink more fluids. If you're going to be out like that. And I said, Oh, right. well, I'm going back in. <laughs> I'm going back in. <laughs> so, so, but that was my second worst job, you know, so. Gotcha. So my second worst job was at a, a credit card call center here in Newcastle County. And uh, sure. um, you want to say the name of the place? You want to say the name of the place? I mean, I'll say it if you want me to. Uh, okay. You, you got like a little tentative there. No, so, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, no, I mean. Well, yeah. In fact, they, 
they they may have a warrant out for my arrest. So I I, yeah, I, just there let, you go. There you I go. let them re- remain nameless. But um, credit card company in Delaware. You know, when I first got the job, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity because, of course, they always talk about team atmosphere and benefits and corporate structure and, you know, ability to get promotions. You know, all, all the good stuff they tell you when you get the flexible hours. So I get the job. The hours are not flexible. Um, they're pretty much on a seniority basis. So I, I think I was part time at the time and the hours were really the leftover hours after the the more senior call center reps got their hours. Now, which, you know, I mean, it, it was what it was. I had a flexible schedule, so it didn't bother me. But what made the job so crazy is that they required, so basically, um, so it was only inbound calls. So, you know, people would just call in. So anytime somebody called in, about whatever it is, you were required to make three three attempts at selling them one of the credit card products. So it could have been like an over over um, overdraft protection. It could have been like um, kind of like a loss. Like if you lose your job, they'll make payments on your behalf. You know, like you know those type of products like that, which you know probably was regular or standard. Um, so, but the thing that killed me and, um, I've never, this is the only job I've actually quit on the spot, but there was a period when, and Dave, this might've been right around 2008 too. I I can't exactly remember, but they wanted you, as I said, they wanted you to make sales pitches, three sales pitches, um, per call. Dave, we had people calling in talking about they lost their job, they can't pay their bill, anything that we can do to help them. I was required to try to sell them products. You know, we had people call in, talk about death in the family, required to three times try to sell them products. And, you know, really it was just a moral thing. Like, you know, if someone calls you and said they can't pay your bill, how am I trying to sell you some type of protection for your credit card? that cost an extra $15 per month, you know, and it was just one of those things. And it came to the point where I just, I hated this job. Like I would literally go in and and I remember exactly, I'd be driving there uh, (laughs) to, to the call center and I would just start sweating. Like my armpits would start sweating, you know, the hair would just start standing up. And I remember one day I was sitting, um, you know, of course, you know, they want to do evaluations to make sure you're doing everything right and all that stuff. And they had um, the evaluator was somebody who was not on my team. It was a black lady and she was monitoring my call. So she was like plugged into my station and someone called in and it just happened to be like a sob story. And, you know, I offered them a product and you know, that, oh, you know, we don't have no money, blah, blah, blah. And I offered them another product, no money. And I was like, I'm not going to go back again. Like they already told me their hard shit. And when, <laughs> when I, um, you know, when that call ended, she was like, what are you doing? You know, you're supposed to be giving them another product. And she had like hit me on my shoulder. It was more like, like a swipe hit, you know? And then she left 
and I was sitting there and I got so pissed off. You know, I, I, I stood up where well, I actually, I don't know where I got the paper from, but I wrote on the paper right there. I was like, you know, this notice serves as my effective notice for two weeks. <laughs> and, and I went and I put it on my manager's desk. It was this, this short white lady, very, very, very nice. And I put it on her desk and I was like, you, you know, my two weeks. And she was like, well, you know, you can leave now if you want. And I was like, can I? She's like, yeah. Wow. Just, I, but no, no, but but not 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 in a bad way. She like, wasn't being smart. She wasn't no, being no, smart. no, no, okay. <laughs> no. She wasn't being okay. smart. Um, and she's like, you can leave now if you want. You and I was like, oh, I can. Okay. I'm like, what do I need to do? And she's like, well, just cross off the two weeks and put effective immediately. And I said, okay. And I I put effective immediately. I packed up my stuff and I walked out of that door. And I was and never never missed it. But, you know, it's funny because I did hear it was about maybe within that next month, the company changed their stance on um, requiring like three attempts at sales. And I'm like, damn it. Like, you know, like I probably would have stayed if it wasn't for that. But, you know, like that was just the worst feeling, like people really coming to you in their times of need and you're trying to sell them some additional stuff that they don't want when they can't already pay their bill. So. That that was my number two worst job and the only job I've ever done. Why? Well, like I said, I I put in my my termination effective immediately. Let me see. Let me ask a question. Was that place in Newcastle? Yes, it was. Okay, all right. Because I know some other people that worked there, and I I know the stories about right. what you were doing, and yeah, that they used to tell me the same thing about what you just said about how they had to push each product. Yeah. And I mean, people, it was rough. people couldn't, people, people, you know, looking at their cards, trying to figure out how they're going to be able to pay for their cards, you know, pay right. the money on these cards and y'all pushing products. So yeah, I, I, I know exactly where you were talking about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I'm sure these people worked with you at this. I mean, worked there at the same time you did. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. The doubt. place ended up being taken. They they ended because the place ended up changing. But and you're right, they changed their policies and then it changed companies, right? Uh, no, same company. Oh, okay. So this was after the change was made because there was a, another. It was another company prior to the company that I guess it still is now, right? Uh, probably so. I don't know what it was before. I just know what it was. It was, I was something, there. it was definitely something. Yeah, it was. It was something else prior. I, okay. I'm not gonna say the name of the place, but I know what you're talking about. Gotcha. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, yeah, because I couldn't believe what they were doing over there. Either. That was a mess. So okay. All right. Okay. Well, you know, I had I was in banking too for a long time, but no, no stories like that i actually like banking jobs i had so, so i'm not gonna go there so um my number one and we already alluded to it but i gotta go back and talk about it for people that thought that selling cars and that whole car industry thing is glamorous and you know it looks good because they're all the guys and the females all sharp and you know everybody you know well even though nowadays some people are 
are um, they're less casual than they used to be. When I was coming up, the car sales game they made that look so glamorous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I uh, when I was in retail, I was in retail for a long time, and I used to sell suits to a lot of the guys who worked at a lot of the major dealerships in Delaware, and especially in the Wilmington area. And these guys would come in and spend dollars, I mean, big dollars on suits, you know. And, like, they'd come in, and if I got one of these guys, more than likely they were buying four or five suits at a time. That's what they would do. And I just thought that this, this, this business, they made it look good. They always were driving something nice, you know. If they worked for Cadillac, they were driving Cadillacs. If they worked for Audi, they were driving Audis. You know, I mean, they always had something nice. BMWs. And I was like, man, I wouldn't mind doing that job one day. <laughs> you know, so when I was, I, I told you when I was working at this suit store, I used to have this one particular client, uh, a customer, and he worked for one of the Toyota dealerships. And what he would do, he would come in, and this guy was one, every time he would come in, he said, Dave, he said, I need about four or five suits. He said, pick out some suits for me to try on. And he, whatever, you know, he would leave everything to me. I would pick out the suits for him. He'd try them on. He said, okay, I want this one, this one, this one. And a lot of times, he would pay cash for these suits. He wouldn't even put them on cards. And he said, and one day he told me, he said, you know, when I come in and buy a suit, the cash that I spent on it, he said, that's all commission. He said, I buy the suits with the commission money on it. And I'm just listening to him. I said, this guy, man. <laughs> I said, I, you know, I, so I used to kid him. I said, man, if you ever have an opening, you know, I want to come down there and work with you. And he said, because he was the GM at this particular dealership. And I said, he said, man, if you ever come, if you ever think about it and you want looking for a job, come see me. Well, I remember I got tired of the whole suit thing and I was working for the company I was working for. And I um, I remember getting getting into it with my boss and I you know, I just said, Hey, I'm done with this. And I remember I you know, I left. Didn't have a job, didn't have anything at the time. Had a family because I, you know, had a couple small kids at the time. My wife thought I was crazy. I was married at the time. My wife thought I was crazy. I said, what? You did what? But anyway, so I went and saw my man, the guy who I was selling suits to. He hired me basically on the spot. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be it, man. I get to dress up and everything, you know. And I already had a nice collection of suits at the time, you know, working at the store, you know, right. I had, I had some suits and I got a chance to dress up, you know, and so forth. Man, I remember that first day I came in clean as the board of health, man. Everybody looking at me, you know, they were like, cause they only had, they had one other black salesman, everybody else there was white and here come me in here and I'm, you know, coming in and I'm like styling and everything. And everybody's looking at me and said, Oh, okay. Who's this dude? You know? They teach me everything, and um, the guy's name was Jim. Jim showing me around. Then I realized the other black guy is my cousin, you know, and I didn't realize, you know, he worked there. 
So I felt, you know, he made me feel really comfortable because he was like, I'm going to show you, the, I'm gonna, he's an older guy. And he said, I'm going to show you the ropes and show you all of this, you know, how to do this. Man, I came in there during the time of a sale. You know, they had, this wasn't hard cars to sell. At that time, it was, you either bought Hondas or Toyotas at that time, you know? Man, I must have sold a bunch of, I sold a bunch of cars the first couple of weeks. They put me out on the floor. First check, $1,750. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm rolling, man. I'm rolling, you know. Now, keep in mind, this is back during the 90s. Right. Okay. So, all right. Uh, well, actually, it was 91. That's when it was, exactly, 1991. And I said, oh, man, this I can see why these dudes are balling like this, you know? Next check I get was 1200 and something. I said, okay, not bad, not bad. <laughs> I didn't see another check over $800 after that. Because um, the, you know, the sale went off, things got harder. And... Then, you know, keep in mind, back then, you know, they gave you, they, you had a couple of days off during the week. If you took, you know, it was okay to take those days off, but taking those days off meant that you were not going to have a chance to make any money because everything was all commissioned. So most people worked on their days off to try to make money. I was taking days off, not even thinking about it, you know, whatever. I come back to work, they, everybody that sells them be kind of snickering and be like, you actually took a day off? You know, you ain't going to ever make no money here, man. I remember one week I hustled my butt off trying to sell a car, man. 65 hours I worked that week. And then the next week I worked 50 hours. I got a check for $250, Leonard. I sold one car. Wow. And I was selling new cars at the time. And new cars, you don't you don't make as much money selling new cars as you do selling used cars because the markup on the used cars is so high that you can make three or four hundred dollars selling a used car. On a new car, the most you might make may be a hundred or hundred and fifty dollars, maybe two hundred if you're lucky. So I was like, I made two hundred and fifty and I worked hundred and eleven hours in two weeks, Leonard. Yeah. They they worked you like a slave. Yeah, it was crazy, and I was just like, "How? What am I supposed to do with two hundred fifty dollars?" You know, and um, of course, you know, I couldn't take that home to the wife, and without hearing about <laughs> it, you know. So, so, said, so Wait, hold on, so you, those hours? so you came home with nothing? Yeah, you like wife? I, I came I home with two hundred fifty dollars. That was that might as well have been nothing. Yeah, it might as well be nothing. Well, what could two hundred fifty dollars do at that point? Right. And I put in all those hours, you know. So uh, I remember um, talking to my boss about it. And I said, "Well, you know, is, is there a possibility I can go sell used cars for a little bit so I can make some money?" He said, "No." He said, "You got to earn your way over to sell used cars." Wow. I was like, "Wow," you know. I said, "The same for me." You know, and he turned, he changed, he changed into a completely different guy. Like he was totally obnoxious after I started working there. I'm, I'm sure he really was. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, he well, really he, was. I couldn't believe he was it was the same guy. Me and him used to, me and him used to laugh and joke all the time. He used to always say, "Man, let me take you out to dinner one night." All this kind of stuff. 
man, I started working for him. He be changed up, became a whole completely different guy, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You know, and, and I mean, he was probably obnoxious when you when you met him, but it it was short term. You know, once you get that long term yeah. obnoxious personality, it's a little bit different. Yeah, because I was talking to my cousin about it. I said, man, how long you been? My cousin had worked for him. He had been there about four or five years at that point. And I said, I said, well, I said, what's up with him? I said, you know, he just seemed like a whole different guy. He said, man, he said, everything here is about money. And if you ain't making it, they don't, you know, they they don't, they ain't checking for you. They don't care about you. He said, you got to get your game up if you're going to stay here. Because my cousin was, he was doing pretty well. My cousin was right. doing pretty well. But one thing they predicated on everything. They said the only way you were going to make any money there, you had to be a good liar. And I was because they you did those guys did anything to sell a car yeah they would tell you anything to sell a car and i just i sold some cars and i was very honest with people when i sold the cars if i didn't like this particular car that they came in there and asked me about i would put them on something else no those guys man they would sell they would sell they would sell a car to their mom and that car probably wouldn't be running as long as they got the commission. So I hated that job. <laughs> I really did. I did. I ran from that job. That's how I left there and ended up. That's how I ended up in banking because I left there and went to banking. Gotcha. So, um, but that was number one, my, my worst job ever. I'll never forget that. Okay. So, so uh, my number one worst ever also was working at a car dealership. So I remember, <laughs> believe it or not. So um, I, I think uh, so in 2005, I moved to Texas. And when I came back to Delaware, probably later in 2005, I didn't have a job. So I was working at this car dealership in Pennsylvania. And, you know, same type of thing. Um, I saw the ad in the newspaper. It talked about making a thousand to two thousand dollars, you know, per month. Um, it, it might even have said per week. I forget what it said. So I go in there for my interview and during the interview, like they're acting like they love everybody and such a great place to work and the benefits, same, you know, same spiel as, uh, as the, the credit card company. And I just remember like my first day there, my hours were literally like, you know, 9 a.m. to 6 or 7 p.m., you know, just, just a long day, um, didn't make any money. The next day, same thing, long hours. And, and I'll just say um, that first week, one of the things I, I didn't like about the dealership or, you know, just that salesman culture was, um, and, and I, I consider it, and I just call it vulture culture, because what would happen is, Anytime a car rolled up on the lot, all the salesmen's head would like pop up. And they were like, I, I don't know if you've seen, um, you know, one of those like zombie movies where like, you know, they, they see fresh meat and this one's crawling under the desk and this one's like jumping on the table and this yeah, one's like climbing. Yeah. But it's like all the salesmen mm -hmm. like all took different routes to like get to that person first. And I was like, you know, like, I don't know, like that just wasn't me. Like I wasn't gonna come out here and run after or run up to people. They it was so bad. Like 
anytime someone pulled up on the lot, there were like darn near two or three salesmen trying to open their car doors to be like, you know, welcome to the dealership. And um, kind of like you talked about the lying thing. Like I knew I just wasn't the type of person to to run up to the cars and, you know, open the doors and, you know, climb and jump over stuff. So, you know, after the end of that week and um, that week, I probably worked like 400 hours, made no money. <laughs> and I was like, this is not mm-hmm. for me. And I don't, you know what? They had so many people at that dealership. I didn't even call and tell them I quit. I just didn't come in one day. I never heard anything from them. They never heard anything from me. And it was just a wrap. They didn't know you were going, did they? They, they probably didn't. And and I, I was yeah, okay they with it. Know, they... Well, I, you know, I, it's funny because you're right about how that whole mentality about how they would try to run to get to the client. You know, um, it used to be in the dealership I worked at, we, we used to take turns. So, it would they would say you're up you're up okay. you're up that type of thing but then every now and then if it was a certain looking type of person they look like they were going to spend some money or whatever the case may be then people would jump the line you know they I'm, would I'm jump sure. the turns or whatever and they would run out you know and start talking to, they act like they're going out to smoke or something like that they yeah. go talk to the people you know and i'll be like yo i'm up why why are they out there talking to us you got to move that's what they would tell me. You got to move. You know, I said, but that's not right. But if I did something like that, of course, exactly. I would get, Dave, you know, you jumped out of the turn, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was some prejudice stuff going on there, too. Yeah, I ain't gonna I'm, lie. I'm sure. So, I don't doubt it. So, but yeah, that, that, that field. Now, it's, it's kind of different nowadays because when you go into a dealership nowadays, they're laid back and they don't, they don't bum rush you because a lot of the sales are done online people are already done their oh, research yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. you know so you don't have that you know when i bought my my last car it was a completely different experience you know i bought it you know from the dealership that i bought it from and and you know i had talked to the guy online he had, you know, i mean i talked to you know i looked online i made a phone call they had a salesperson call me back we talked you know, he sent me some cars, you know, told me whenever I was ready, just come over, take a look at the cars, which I did. I, it was no hassle the whole time. But I tell you something funny that happened, though. <laughs> and this just tell you how a car dealer, how shisty these people are. So I'll tell you the story right quick. When I bought my last car, my current car, um, I, I go over there. It was, I actually looked at five cars that he had sent me. And when I go to look at the cars, you know, you you go on the lot, the doors are open, you can sit in the cars and whatever, check them out, whatever. And then once you made up your mind what you wanted to drive, you just go inside and you tell the salesperson you want to drive this car, this car, this car. And I there was three cars that I liked that I wanted to drive. Um, the guy that I had been talking to was there that day. So I walked in and we had never met never met never facetimed or anything like that so i walk into the room and i i mean walk into the showroom and i met the receptionist and i said i'm looking for um his name was peter i'm looking for peter and so oh that's him right down there you can go over to just have a seat he's finishing up with a, a a customer i said okay so i walk in 
go to sit down. Now, he didn't know anything about me, didn't know what time I was coming or anything. Hey, Mr. Coker, how you doing? And I stopped and I said, hey, how you doing? And he said, okay. And I guess he must have saw the look on my face because I'm trying to figure out how this dude know who I am. Right. I remember I hadn't introduced myself to him yet. I never told him I was there. So finally he gets to with the clock. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so he gets finished with the client and I sit down with him and, you know, we go over and, you know, you know, we're talking, going back, turn out he worked for the state too and all this stuff. He worked there part time and, you know, we're going over and he said, well, what do you want to drive? What are you interested in? So I tell him what I want to drive. We go out and we drive the cars and come back and so forth. And I finally settled on the car that I bought, which is the one I have. So we're sitting there and we're doing the paperwork, you know, and he asked me how I was going to finance, whether I wanted to finance through them or whatever. I said, no, I'm going to go through my credit union because I can get a better deal through my credit union, which I did and so forth. So he said, he started laughing. And I said, what, what, what's funny? He said, I get, he said, I just remember looking at your face when I called you by your name when you came in. And I said, yeah. I said, how did you know who I was? He said, oh, I Googled you. Yeah. I'm he said, sure. I, and I found your Facebook page and I looked on your Facebook page so I would know who you were when you came in just to make <laughs> sure nobody else approached you. Hey. I was like, you did what? I felt violated, man. Yeah, I mean, basically, he, he did his due diligence. But, you know, it's funny, too, because <clears throat> I can also see them typecasting people where if I look at your Facebook page and you look like you don't have money, I'm not going to give you no priority. Or I may, you know, you may be a time waster. Or you see that I'm black? Possibly. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, you know, and of course, you know. Uh, I was just like, but it just so happened the guy that he, he was waiting on when I came there, and it was somebody I knew. He happened to be a black guy, too. Somebody I knew. And he said, you know, so apparently he was comfortable with working with blacks, I guess. You know, but it was just the fact that he said, I said, I said, you did what? And he said, yeah, I Googled you, so I know what you look like. And I was like, I, you know, I was a little offended by that. And I almost said, never mind. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't too happy about that. So, but he was a cool guy. We ended up, you know, getting along and I ended up going ahead and buying the car. But I just felt that I don't, I didn't think that was right. But that's the way the world now. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, so. I, I can't, but well, you know, I, I think that's first instinct. Cause I mean, we even hear about people going on dates and Googling people and, um, if I have a client, like if I'm meeting with somebody, business person, I'm going to Google them too, you know, just see what I may need to know. Yeah, I, I can see that. And and I've done that in the past too. But I just thought it was weird. Now, keep in mind, this was 2013. Or two, no, 2012. That's when I bought the car, 2012. Now we wasn't doing a lot of googling like that, yeah. Right. Well, so man, that's we, we, we might have been because not I, as I, much, I, but we do it more now. We do it more yeah, now. Probably, yeah, probably standard. Yeah, now. I mean that's ten years ago, man. That's ten years ago. A lot has happened in ten years. 
Yeah, a lot has happened in 10 years. And I just thought it was strange for the time back then, you know. So, um, but that was my, you know, that's, you know, that's just how I was just adding to the caveat of how cars, car salesmen and all that whole world is. That's all, right. <laughs> you know, they're pretty sneaky. So, but anyway, but there you have it, folks. You know, me and Lens, three worst jobs ever. You know, uh-huh. and <laughs> look, we were being nice about what we said about these jobs. I'm sure there's a couple other ones that we could throw in there if we really wanted to, you know, but we were being nice about these jobs. So we, uh, so if you guys got any feedback on what we said, if you want to tell us what your three worst jobs are, feel free to make sure you do that. Um, you can comment on our Facebook page or, or in our chat on our Podbean app or, you know, but this let us know some of you guys have our personal um um, contact information send it to us let us know we'll we'll talk about it on the air if you want us to so but we we want to take the time to say thank you for listening to news and trends with dave and lynn and we we appreciate everyone that supports uh supports this platform and like me and lynn always say we on all of them y'all we on all of them you can't say that you can't find us we everywhere you know so um, all you got to do is you can go to Google. We were just talking to Google. Put news and trends in Google and see what happens. <laughs> you know, so um, so we there. So, Len, you got anything you want to add? Um, you know, just regular. I hope everybody has a happy weekend. Kind of like we said, be safe because the, the cops are out there looking for y'all. Um, for uh, What is it, St. Patrick's Day partiers? So, St. Patrick's you know, just, Day partiers. That's yeah, right. So just, yeah. just be safe. <laughs> Okay. All right. And just in, uh, just enjoy your weekend and tune in on Tuesday. Come check us out. Okay. Have a good evening. Tune in next week, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.